0: And
1: what, am I putting a googie egg up my juts?
0: And Michael Lucas.
1: It did seem like an extremely high risk, very low reward <laughs> strategy. <laughs> this is Emsolation. Don't send me your thoughts and prayers. I don't give a shit about them. Don't send me your laughter and light. Don't send me anything. Send me gin and your Netflix password.
2: You're in Emsolation.
1: Hello, hello. Welcome to M Salation. My name is M Rossiano and I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian and a maximalist power queen. And I'll also be your spiritual guide over the next hour or so. Joining me shortly will also be my best friend since I was 11, beloved Australian screenwriter, Mr Michael Lucas. And together we will bring you a podcast full of pop culture, politics and this week penises. It's a bit dick heavy, actually That's what we're going to call the podcast, A Bit Dick Heavy. Ben, write it down. Ben's my producer. (laughs) Bit Dick Heavy. Because I I have a story to share. I was sent a nude photo of a famous footballer after the grand final on Saturday night. And I need to tell you all about it. Michael doesn't know about it. It's pretty hectic. I was faced with it. I was faced with an ethical dilemma. All right. So we're going to talk about that. Now, we also knew the first of the Donald Trump former staffers autobiographies have dropped. Now, Michael and I both knew this was coming.
0: You are fake news. Go ahead.
1: So Melania Trump's uh, former chief of staff, Stephanie Grisham, has a book coming out and there is some spicy tidbits in there that you all need to hear about and some awesome Melania confirmations, just things that Michael and I speculated about in the podcast last year during the election. She doesn't disappoint, Melania. (laughs) We also talk about Lil Nas X. He a cultural reset. That kid is He's going to define this next generation of kids and their musical tastes and their lifestyles. And it's his long-awaited debut album came out, and uh, we talk about that also. So there's lots to get through. Uh, before I do bring Michael in, though, I did want to touch on a little something, something that happened in the EmSalation Facebook group. It's a wonderful community. Hello to the four and a half or thousand of you who are in the community. Now, we have 50-odd thousand listeners each week. So, guys, get on board the m Facebook community. I know a lot of you aren't on Facebook, and that is a smart decision by you. But it is a wonderful, warm, like-minded community of people that lift each other up during this tough time, and I'm so glad that it exists. And I just pop in and out. Like, you guys run it yourselves, and it's wonderful. Um, But I was kind of having a look in the Facebook group early on Tuesday morning, and I noticed someone had popped an article in there um, it was another article speculating that I was one of the characters on The Mars Singer, which by the way, I have been hounded about being the baby, the baby with the big head, and the baby has been revealed to be take you off, take you off, take you I don't believe
2: it! It's Ella Hooper!
1: The wonderful Ella Hooper, killing Heidi's front woman, broadcaster, TV presenter, incredible all-round human form of sunshine. Ella Hooper. So I'll take my apologies in uh, handwritten form. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, this article um, was, you know, more conspiracy theories. And I thought I'd click through just for a bit because they entertain me. And I do want to give a very special shout out to the woman who fashioned the photo of my eyebrows. So when I was laminating my eyebrows, she made the hairs read I'm Dolly, which is one of the contestants on The Masked Singer, another one I'm accused of being. And it was so funny. I was screaming. This is, of course, an homage to the Britney Spears photos of her eyelashes that a lot of free Britney fans um, felt were saying, SOS, help me, call 911, that Britney was writing messages in her eyelashes and she felt I was perhaps doing the same in my eyebrows. (laughs) I wasn't. She photoshopped it. But, oh, my God. Highlight of my day. I wish I could give you an award and find you. It's, it was wonderful, Marvels. i I'll make sure Marcella puts it up on our Emsolation Instagram. So I digress as always. Side quest. I'll click through to the article and it was on Mamma Mia and it was written basically, uh, it was, started out pretty well. For once a journalist pointed out, all oh, some of the good things I've done in my 17-year my career. But as it got down to the bottom, the, uh, two words came up. Uh, that and she was trying to put together the clues with me personally and she said that I was very outspoken and that I was also you know, extremely controversial and I was triggered to put it quite bluntly and plainly to you my darlings I was triggered I started shaking and my heart started racing and I felt deliberately misunderstood by this young woman and also by a site that I had previously worked for and so I I I have this the <laughs> There's lots of wonderful, many, many wonderful things about being Rassiano, but one of the hardest things about being me is my inability to regulate my emotional responses to certain things, and I never know when it's coming. There are certain things, but sometimes they're just things that will appear tiny to the outside viewer heart will set me into an emotional tailspin. I now know this is a symptom of my neurodiversity. I now know that I have hypersensitivity. I know that people with my specific type of neurodiversity struggle to regulate their emotions, so I have a much better understanding of it, and I know when it's happening, and I can kind of get on top of it, but I just couldn't, and it was because of the her choice of the outspoken controversial tags. Now, you will struggle to find an article written about me without using these two words, and, you know, sure, the first couple of times it's maybe it's complimentary to be called outspoken, but... For me it's every time and it wears me down and it's kind of like death by a thousand cuts and that article and her choice of words about me was this, the the thousandth cut and I I just really went into a tailspin for for a few hours it was quite significant but I managed to kind of pull it together because I'm I'm better now. I'm better. Like in my 20s, I would have lashed out. I would have, like, it would have ruined my week. I wouldn't have been able to sleep. Michael Lucas would have got multiple phone calls. I, I'm really, I am actually really proud of myself. It was only like, you know, a, a, a 0.2 tantrum instead of like a 10 out of 10. It was pretty, it was pretty good for me. I have to say progress, but I think, I feel like the Australian media, no matter all the all the things I've achieved in my 17-year career, and without being a wanker, I have achieved a lot. And I didn't really acknowledge that until I wrote my autobiography and then I was kind of forced to look back at my greatest hits. And I was like, Jesus Christ, woman, you've done a lot. And I have. I have. I've had a best-selling autobiography. I've sold out the Sydney Opera House. I've sold out... The Palais and the and the Art Centre in Melbourne. I've done lots of tours. I've had a TV special. You know, I've given birth to three children. I've survived and gone through a miscarriage. I've done radio and I've got this podcast. And I, I keep doing all these things that and it doesn't seem to matter and I, and I hope that doesn't make me sound like a wanker, but I think it's okay. I think we need to encourage women to talk about their achievements out loud and it's a very Australian thing to be turned off by someone talking about the things they've achieved, you know. So even I feel a bit ugh about what I just said. God, the tall puppy thing, it's a real thing, huh? And I just feel like no matter what, when I'm dead, my legacy is going to be controversial and outspoken, comedian dead. You know, like the, I think I'm worried. So I'm glad I've got all of you to like carry the torch for me. When I do leave this realm, That there will be, you know, tens of thousands of you going, no, but she did this and this and she has a good heart and, you know, so thank you for that. Oh, God, I'm really going on side quests. I thought about it and thought about it, and I, I really want to stress and say very strongly and publicly right now, first of all, the, the woman who wrote the article, I know that it was meant to be complimentary toward me. I know it was meant to be perceived as a positive article, but it made me feel really bad about myself. I also know that, you know, those words triggered me because for a long time I thought that they were true. I thought that these were negative aspects of my personality that made me a shit person, but they're not. They, they, they make me a good person. <laughs> they make me who I am. They make me passionate. And so what I wanted to say and what I want you to walk away with today, my darlings, and I want you to preach this to your children and to anyone who will listen and hear me now. We must stop calling women who have thoughts and feelings about topics publicly outspoken because we do not call men outspoken ever. And calling a woman outspoken implies that she is doing something out of the ordinary, that she is acting out, that she's stepping out of line, and that it should be something to be brought to everyone's attention, that she should be like, people should point and stare and say, what are you doing? How dare you? And the word opinionated is ridiculous and gendered. Men don't ever get called opinionated, and if you think about it and break it down, everyone has opinions. <laughs> We're all opinionated. It's only when women dare speak them publicly and perhaps they go against the ideas of powerful straight white men that it becomes a problem. And so that's just what I wanted to impart on you today. I understand that my reaction to the article is disproportionate to what the article said, um, but I've worked through that. I'm cool. But I'm not cool with the word outspoken being used. And as far as me being controversial, I don't understand Either. I don't understand which of my stances or opinions have been controversial. I remember I once wrote a column for news.com.au where I said I occasionally let my kids swear in context. Um, and I don't think I've ever received so many death threats about anything particular. The death threats come thick and fast for me. Like that seems to be men. It's usually men, by the way, their go-to. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's probably the most controversial thing I think I copped was when I said I let my kids swear, swear. And I do. Of course I do. It's a sign of intelligence if your children know when to drop. They don't swear at school. They don't swear, like, you know, around very old people or very religious people, but they know when to do it, when it's funny and when it works, and I'm proud of that. Anyway, when journalists say to me, oh, Em, you know, you consider it very controversial, I stop them down now and I hold them accountable for that sentence. And I say, oh, I'm just really interested. In your opinion, which of my stances have you found controversial? Is it my support of the LGBTQI community? Is it my allyship to the BIPOC community? Is it my support of women going through miscarriages and stillbirths? Like just stop me when I get there, you know, vaccination rights. Just let me know and they can never answer. It's lazy and I'm really tired of it. Um. <laughs> so there you go. That's That's all the things that happened for me on Tuesday. But I really like, I really value this platform and I wanted to use it today to remind you to check your internalised misogyny. Emsolation listeners, check if you have been deeply programmed by a straight, white, powerful man who has told you how women should behave and act and speak and think. Ask yourself, is that what's happening to me? Because it would be normal and natural. Because remember, straight, white men decided Hollywood, movies, advertising, everything you consume, literature, they were deciding, they were the neutral gaze. They decided your opinion because they were the only ones making that stuff because women couldn't get in. Check your internalised misogyny and that of those around you. Okay, rant over. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your ears. I'm going to bring Michael Lucas in now because it's time to get to dick chat. Maybe we will call it dick chat. I don't know. All right. Bye, guys. Love you. Play the music.
2: M. Luciano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation.
1: Well, here he is. Uh, I haven't told you, Mr. Michael Lucas, about the dick pic I received on Saturday night.
0: I, I think I should be offended by it. I think we have a deal in. I think the terms of our relationship are very, very clear. And if there's one thing that's very, very black and white, it is our conduct when dick pics arrive.
1: <laughs> but this one came with weird ethics. And let me explain. Like,
0: <laughs> I just want to say, like the other ones didn't. The other ones were ethically just completely unimpeachable.
1: Yes. But let's not, like, look into that too deeply. So obviously on Saturday night the AFL grand final happened. You probably don't know. I do, excuse
0: me. <laughs> Thank you. I knew that there was a football footballing concert and I watched was the was opening a singing.
1: And I was really happy with the entertainment. It was oh, sure, so good. It was like a so fresh hit CD of two thousand and six, but that's okay. No, except for
0: Baker Boy, and he was the standout. Oh, yeah. He was amazing. No, but so much better than Meatloaf. It
1: was great, and John Butler. Can I just say, woo hoo hoo hoo! John Butler is hot. He once sat the-
0: on a train <sighs> with his mother. <laughs> And we would go. The one time I went to the Arias, there was this American woman there, and her, she was there with a friend. She was super cool, and her friend was like going, "Who are you looking forward to seeing?" And I listed all the bullshit artists that I was into, of course, mostly former idols at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the friend said, "What about John Butler? What do you think?" And I went, "Oh, he's great." And then this, this American woman burst out laughing. She goes, "I'm his mother. I'm." I'm <gasps> yeah.
1: Oh, well, he has just gotten like a fine wine. Just oh, oh he's cut his hairs. No, no more dreads. And uh, thank goodness, no more white boy dreads. And he just was smiling and playing his guitar and Great Southern Land. It was great. I thought it was great. Great
0: Southern
2: Land. Great Southern Land.
1: Anyway, the Melbourne Demons, the Ds, go the Ds, won their first grand final in 57 years by 74 points.
2: Every heart is beating true and blue for the red and blue after 57...
1: So it was amazing. And my daughters were very keen to watch the grand final, which was strange because we don't really follow AFL. Scott worked in AFL for many years and we just know what the inner workings are like, so it turned us off the sport for life. But anyway, the girls are like, oh, the grand final's on, the grand final's on. And I'm looking at them going, yes, and? And then uh, Odette, my middle child, said, yeah, Bailey Smith plays for the Bulldogs. And I'm like, oh, who's Bailey Smith? And Chella goes, you know Bazlenka on Instagram, and because she shows me this this person on Instagram all the time, and he is a very attractive twenty year old boy with a very strong, soft feather mullet, look reminiscent of JPF, John Peter Farnham, oh. I have to say, and um, he is tanned and attractive, and and apparently is like the, the hottest thing in football at the moment. Mm. So essentially. They were watching him the whole game. They wouldn't be able to tell you who won or lost or who kicked goals. They, it was like he may as well have been running around on the ground by himself.
0: I've just got the Instagram account for those listening. And oh, yes. I, I actually, I i did, i did noticed him on the game because, for me, what the grand final has become is an extraordinary parade of haircuts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my question. How did How did they all get haircuts in lockdown? They must have Melbourne, – the Melbourne Football Club must have descended upon Perth where everyone still can get haircuts and they must have just, the boys just must have all gone to, like, adjust cuts and just had them just, we'll just have 28 haircuts, please. Cause they were all freshly shaved for the telly. I and I, th- I
0: don't know that it could have been just cuts. Cause I feel like they had all made very strong choices. <laughs> there was nothing accidental about anyone's yeah. hair in yeah. on, on that lineup. And when they were doing like when they're all lined up as a team and you go going across, it really was. It's a new yeah. dimension. I'm I not agree. saying it's the same as an Oscars red carpet, but there. No, it is. In terms of men's haircuts, your grand yeah. final is yeah. yeah.
1: No, I need to tell you, having been around AFL clubs for a long time with Scott, the boys, if they knew they had a televised game. They would all get fresh haircuts in the week leading up. Some of them would get facials. Some of them would remove all their body hair. Like it's a thing. Some AFL players, if they know the game's being televised, will do red carpet prep. And I respect it. Anyway, so we sat there and we watched the game. And then um, afterwards, I was kind of faffing around, laying in bed. And I was looking through my DMs. And I just, I never looked through my DMs, but I did that night. Something called to me. And I went in there. And there was the top thing said, Ha uh, Ha Em just got sent this from a girl at work and it was a photo and I, I didn't know what it was and because the photos are blurred out if you don't follow people. So I just, thought, I'll just click on it. I clicked on it and there on my iPhone screen was Bailey Smith laying nude holding his giant penis <laughs> and I clutched my pearls, I screeched, I dropped the phone and <laughs> I was like, and I was faced with a dilemma no mother should be faced with. <laughs> I have two daughters who are mad keen for this young boy. And he's 20, turning 21 in a few months. And this kind of content is like, oh my God. Crack.
0: It would be like crack for them. Crack. But I am their mother. No, you can't give them crack. I can't give them crack.
1: But Chella heard me screech and came running in. And I quickly snatched up my phone. And she's like, what? I said, I can't say. I cannot breathe a word. Of what has just transpired on my phone. She's like, Mom, what? And I said, I got sent a nude picture of Bailey Smith. She's like, What? Odie! So Odie comes running in, what? What? Mom got sent a nude picture of Bailey Smith, and they're both standing there, like, and we're all looking at each other. And it's like, what? What do we do? What do we do? Like, this is the ultimate. Like, we're all looking at each other, going, they know it's wrong. I know it's wrong. But if we were friends, like, and we're all looking at each other and we and then and um, then has gone, you can't. I I can't. And Odie's like, you can't. And I said, I oh, know. I said, look, I could, maybe I could describe it for you. And they're like, no, you can't. You can't. <laughs> yeah, so- that That's
0: going to do it. Your <laughs> mum describing the penis is going to be equivalent to you just seeing it in your own but private time. Also, sure.
1: also, I'm just thinking, like, this guy's the most popular footballer at the moment. This is a massive scandal. Like, this is a huge thing. What's going on? And so in the end, it was decided I would delete the photo for all of time. And we did. I deleted it. The girls didn't look at it. And I'm so, so glad. Um, but in the moment, I want everyone to understand there was 10 seconds of the three of us just looking at each other. Like, <laughs> but we did it. We did it. Um, but then,
0: I, I, yeah. I would be disappointed if those daughters that you've raised didn't privately go away with their own phones and start defer- desperately. Definitely putting they in every, did. They yeah. definitely did. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: And because they did that, I then found out that it was fake. So ah. Chella then, of course, went and did her research. Of course. And the photo, he, he had, he, Bailey Smith apparently went on a very impressive tour of Perth that night because the Bulldogs did lose and he was out and about chatting to people on the street. There's lots of videos out there of him. But there is one particular photo where he's kind of leaning back in like a yacht or a limousine or something with his top off and shorts. And it is like a really tight black shorts with his peen, like, on an outline, but it's like it's not full paint. It's like it's a hint of paint under a short. Right. Someone photos. Yeah. yeah. Someone photoshopped. The it was a. By the way, I must find this artist details because for my next lot of headshots, I think I want them to make me look not like his penis, but the realty of the 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 realisticness of the Photoshop was stunning. <laughs> I, like you couldn't pick it up. Honestly.
0: Yeah, wow, that is impressive.
1: So probably yeah. Sandra
0: Bullock's probably already employed him for the next six movies. But,
1: <laughs> but the reason I didn't tell you is because I felt like it, when I found out it was a fake, it was great. Okay, now I can talk about it. But yeah. up until that point, I really felt like this like this, this this guy's only
0: 20. This could ruin his career. We're now in the age we're now talking about people that are less than half our age. That's yeah, yeah, getting yeah. really Oh weird. no,
1: not only that, my daughter and he are pretty much the exact same age. So yeah. I was thinking, like, oh God, what if this was a photo of Chella's flaps? I would, like, what am I going to do? So I was, I thought of Bailey's mother straight away when I saw that nude picture. I did. I was mm. like, oh God. So that was like my grand final, Eve. <laughs>
0: nice. That, that was your moral grand final.
1: <laughs> and I won. I was the <laughs> Melbourne Football Club. I took that victory out by 70, 74 points. I should have said 69 points. But that was what the grand final night meant to me. So I'm sorry I didn't tell you. Congratulations. No,
0: I I mean, some people say that restraint is not necessarily (laughs) Emraciano's primary quality, but I think this (laughs) just proves, don't underestimate (laughs) her
1: please don't, please don't ever. And also for the first time ever, I placed bets on sporting events because I wanted it to be exciting.
0: This intrigues me. You wanted yeah. it to be exciting, but also I felt like you were doing some sort of weird deal with the universe to yes. potentially get money so you could buy things online that you don't need.
1: Yes. So initially I opened, like I opened a sports bet app thing, which I've deleted already. Even and that put,
0: sentence is just not one that I, I ever thought would come of your It was really face. weird.
1: It, it's really shockingly easy to bet now. Like I understand how people get into trouble. It's not ethical. Anyway, I did it just for the football game and I, I won a bit of money on first goal or something. I don't remember. And I said to Scott, oh, I've got some money left in the account. I'm going to bet on some more sport. And he's like, oh, well, the cycling world champs are happening this weekend. I was like, yes, Scott knows about world champs. And so um, I had previously wanted to buy this 86 centimetre ceramic Italian leopard. <laughs>
0: The fact that these two things are somehow linked has just shown how deep in lockdown we really are. She's linked cycling on sports bet online with a ceramic leopard.
1: Yeah, but for those of you playing along at home, hand-painted Italian ceramic leopards are very expensive. Like this beautiful stunner, Rosie. She's like I think it was twelve hundred dollars, right? Mm. It's crazy money. And I, the, the amount that if I, the person I bet on, if he if he won the world championships, was twelve hundred dollars. It oh, was a, a fucking sign, sign. absolutely. The
0: universe insisting that yeah. you gamble.
1: Yeah. So I put the bet down and I said to Scott, right, I'm gonna buy Rosie if this person wins. And Scott's like, yeah, he's going to win, da-da-da-da-da. And I believed him. Anyway, this person, like, I don't think he even finished. I'm not getting the ceramic leopard. I lost my money. And I just felt like the, the universe owes me money from cycling because of the amount of stress and pressure is put on me. I cannot believe I'm now without my 86 centimetre ceramic Italian hand-painted leopard. Like, <laughs> what's the point?
0: It's an insult. <laughs> Every time you open the door and you don't see that leopard, you think of the sport of cycling. As if it hasn't <laughs> taken away enough. <laughs> it's
1: just still hey, robbing hey. you. <laughs> what a weekend. What a weekend. Now uh, we're going to go away, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about, Michael, it's very exciting. We did discuss last year as soon as Trump got out how many former staffers would release books. And I, I think if, it's actually
0: not been the complete deluge that I thought it was going to be, but thankfully. There's, there's one coming. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's next.
2: Rossiano and Michael Lucas. this is, 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 is Salation.
1: Okay. okay, so this is exciting. Stephanie Grisham, who's Melania Trump's former chief of staff and also was Trump's like press Wrangler in the uh, campaign leading in, uh, is releasing a memoir in a little while. And The Washington Post has got some excerpts and I read them. <laughs> <laughs> so, what we expect, and I think there's a lot coming, is I think major publishing houses were just hanging around Trump headquarters, and the minute he was booted, they were handing out publishing deals like an Aesop samples counter. It was just like, <laughs> you get a deal, and you get a deal, and you
0: get a deal. <laughs> <laughs> like just... when you're entering Northland Mines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you take going take, it, a take, it, take section. It. <laughs> Like, in fact, it was hard leaving yeah. the building as a staffer to not like, get a deal. On one. <laughs> you had to really be firm with them. I'm
1: fine, and I'm in a hurry, all right? <laughs> Pretty much. So Stephanie Grisham uh, is the first one. and I
0: love that her last name is Grisham, by the way.
1: Yeah, I know. For John
0: Grisham fans, it Grisham be better.
1: Yeah. So one of the first things that's outlined in the Washington Post excerpt is an occasion where Trump calls her from Air Force One to assure her that his penis... Is not small or shaped like a toadstool, as Stormy Daniels had insinuated in an interview.
0: Nobody knows this stuff better than me. Oh, <laughs> thank God his mind was on it.
1: Imagine making that phone call. Like, it's just, I, I, I my... Uh, my dick doesn't look like a toadstool, okay? <laughs> okay, sure, mate, thanks. Cool, cool
0: phone call, cool. cool story, bro. But and that, what I love uh, in that is if that's Melania's chief of staff, his conviction that he knew that Melania herself wouldn't have contradicted that, that he would <laughs> need to step
1: in <laughs> and say,
0: my wife might not have said this, but just let me say to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so true. Now, the, the book basically, it's full of stories, as we'd expect, of Trump's completely inappropriate behaviour But what was really disturbing is that she said he is a prolific sexual assaulter who regards women as his own personal sex objects. Like, you don't want to believe the horrificness is true, but it is, Mm -hmm. it would appear. And I also, like, want to, before I get into the GC stuff with you, I want to kind of pre, uh, I I feel it's a bit rich from someone who was Trump's, like, press officer during the election campaign and then worked with FLOTUS to suddenly now be clutching her pearls over his appalling behaviour, like... It's, yeah. She Come She on. turned a blind eye when it was advantageous to her career. And a yeah. facilitator. An
0: like <laughs> yeah. you were hard in there. I think, yeah. yeah.
1: It's just a bit like, uh, but anyway, let's get to the spicy. <laughs> <You're> um, <next. laughs> it's so exciting. So when Stormy Daniel's affair broke, Melania kind of made it known to all of her staff that she would be going about to deliberately ignore and contradict Donald when she wanted to embarrass him. Like she just, she just. That's what she wanted to do. Okay. And and she said when Melania found out about Stormy Daniels, she was with her, and Melania turned to her and said, they said to her, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And Melania turned to her and said, this is Donald's problem. He got himself into this mess. He can fix it by himself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just want to credit you for for performing this. I love that you performed it as Lady Gaga in the House of Gucci. Well done. Father,
1: son, and the House of Gucci. Okay, so Stephanie also confirmed that Melania and the White House staff referred to Ivanka (gasps) as the princess.
0: Oh, (laughs) I think that's pretty kind. I was braced for worse.
1: (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. And they called her husband, Jared Kushner, the Slim Reaper.
0: Fair. Honestly, (laughs) he does look a little bit like death warmed up. He really
1: does. And he's quite slim. Well, it's because he inserts himself into other people's projects, stuffs them up and then bails so they have to take the blame. Oh, my God. I know.
0: This is all just going back to these names has made me realise how much I have forced them right out of my mind. Like, I have not thought about Ivanka and Jared in such a long time and it's felt so good.
1: (laughs) I know. Now, when Melania was criticised for not standing next to Trump, the way Jill Biden stood next to Joe, she said... I don't stand next to him because I do not need to hold him up like she does. Can you imagine?
0: Oh, <laughs> sassy, casting. <laughs>
1: yes. But the best thing, and you're going to love this so much, the Washington Post said that she wanted a pandemic hobby. Do you want to guess what Melania Trump's pandemic hobby became? What do you think she did?
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I know, the mind boggles. I don't know. I
0: just imagine that she was. She basically just had a manicure that lasted for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but just even having yeah. hobbies, like like expressing her anger and frustration and sheer rage through really intense decorations, that was clearly a hobby. I don't know whether it was a yes. lucid one.
1: You're not far. Oh. You're not far. Yeah. She started a photo album as her pandemic hobby. She once spent two hours recreating the ribbon cutting for the White House Tennis Pavilion because she hadn't gotten the right shots from the professional photographers earlier.
0: Can I just say I've never related to her more. (laughs) Who hasn't been looking forward to a photo (laughs) opportunity and watched it come back and think, fuck, if I could restage this, I reckon I could really get this shot looking good. You would do it too. I we do said. often when we take that, well, often when we're all dressed up for costumes or whatever, we'll take a whole lot of photos and then we'll go and we'll have a look and we'll go, you know what, no, we need to change the lighting. we need to do it again. We need to look, what were we doing with our yep. faces? Let's go again.
1: Yep, yep, I love it. But the favourite, the end quote from the Washington Post is that she was working on a photo shoot of a rug during the Capitol riots.
0: Oh, <laughs> that is perfect.
1: <laughs> That's the book deal. I want the photos. I want the carefully constructed, manicured photo album of Melania Trump sitting on my coffee table. I wanna know. Oh,
0: yeah. But also if how it's how her rage manifested. I I have no doubt it would be a beautiful if <laughs> severe rug. And I certainly hope the photo was her sprawled <laughs> on the rug, feline-esque.
1: <laughs> Poor bitch. <laughs> I wonder if they're still together. I know. I
0: suddenly realised. I, you know, she's another one that sort of drifted from my mind. She's in Mar a Lago right now, isn't she?
1: I don't know. I, I honestly, I can tell you, I haven't thought about them, looked them up, read anything, and I only read this article because the title said Trump needs reassurance; his dick doesn't look like a toadstool. Yeah, like that. I'd was, click I on mean, that. I'm, I'd click on that. <laughs> I'm only human, you yeah. know. So the otherwise I can't tell you anything about that family and thank God. What an upswing oh, of Biden's election. Well, God. I know,
0: but I just wonder maybe like is it just because we're in our bubble?
1: Oh, I need to be in my bubble at the moment. I'm a bit fragile. Yeah. I'm Glinda the Good Witch at the start, you know, when I'm just coming in really oblivious to everything, a little bit loopy, <clears> just <throat> assuming everything's okay, glad my evil sister's dead. You know, like yeah. just living my best life. What was that? The munchkins. They're laughing because I am a witch. I'm Glinda, the witch of the north. You are? Lil Nas X. Let's move on. Oh, let's. I love you. Me too. Oh. And I just
0: want to say, can we just take a moment in time? You boldly predicted that you were done with new artists, that you had no more room in your heart, your mind, mm. your attention mm. span for anyone who is mm. charting now. But I feel like you've opened the door just a crack enough to let that gloriously, flagrantly homosexual rapper through. Yeah. And thank God because it's, he's he just will not stop delivering.
1: No, but I think it's because he is a trailblazer. Like I feel like everything's got a bit tiktok cookie cutter. Yeah. But for me, he has raised head and shoulders. Like when Lizzo burst into our hearts and minds. You're like, this is different. This is fresh. I have done a deep dive on Lil Nas X and he is so, so impressive. His new album's come out. I started listening to it. I've listened to the whole thing twice. And I'll say it's got shades of early kind of Drake and Kanye. Way poppier. Really poppier. Sometimes it drifts yeah. into the
0: kind of pop like almost like you could imagine Kelly Clarkson or something like that. Yeah. Like it has real pop in there.
1: And when you've got, you know, Elton John and Dojo Cat features, mm. like it's, it's, pretty, it's staking its claim as being a bit of a hybrid. Mm. But he is, as you said to me, the hardest working musician in pop music or rap music or in music in general. And the reason is I get very passionate about this. He gets it. But he gets every social media platform. Yeah. He is a content machine. Like a lot of credible musicians kind of sn- snub their noses at social media, you know, the older ones, the older generation, the originals, because not Cher, obviously. Cher loves a toy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Madonna loves an Instagram post too, Correct. for better or worse.
1: But Lil Nas seems to have this innate understanding of how social media works. Like he has totally manipulated the internet he's he's just extraordinary so much so tone
0: you really feel like you're yeah. getting his personality and it's always knowing and cheeky and inventive and playful and um yeah he completely expresses everything on every platform
1: yeah and it's it's kind of like it's it should be a masterclass taught in media courses the way that he's able to do that but he obviously he burst onto the scene in 2019 with Old Town Road yeah This was mixing the two genres of it that are normally super, super hetero and traditionally very masculine was country and rap. And the way, the way that he did this, I have to tell you, basically he went, he noticed he was a big TikToker and and, he, and he's young, obviously my, he's my kid's age. And he noticed that there was a lot of memes around cowboys that were really popular at that point in time. And so he decided to go and buy a track off YouTube. He went to a recording studio and paid 50 bucks. He wrote some words about cows and horses and he made this song. And then instead of promoting it in the normal channels, he went to Reddit, found a thread about um, really catchy earworms, new music he assumed another name and wrote, "Hey, what's this new Old Town Road song?" What, what I don't—it's like I can't get it out of my head. It caught fire in Reddit. It went across to TikTok. It became a massive viral TikTok dance. And he hasn't looked back since. But
0: interestingly though, because that was number one, I think, for nineteen weeks, which is a r- holds a record. Yes. Holds but a record. I, also, yeah. in I don't think in history there's ever been a time when there's been a massive single that everyone was more convinced was a one-hit wonder. Everyone <laughs> really felt like, okay, you've pulled off because it was so unique, like to mix rap and country in the way that he did, everyone felt like you can't follow this up. Well they
1: banned him from the they banned him from the country charts too, remember? Yes. They wouldn't let him that was huge. It was absolutely huge. But, yeah, he said, I read an article where he said, yeah, I'm I'm the most successful one-hit wonder with 11 songs currently in the Billboard charts. So yeah, like, yeah, he girl. has
0: defied that. Pretty, but I also remember I was one of them and actually I felt really anxious because soon after he released Old Town Road, he came out. And then I thought, oh, no, if he mm. is a one-hit wonder, everyone's going to say it's because he came out and mm. not because that song was just so mm. hard to follow up.
1: So the coming out wasn't planned. And this is my favourite story. So he, his father is a preacher, grew up in the church or as a choir director. They're very much in the church. Mm. And he said he thought he would take it to the grave because he knew how young black men were perceived, young black gay men were perceived in the rap community. He said, I was never going to come out. Like when my Old Town Road came out, it was like, I'm locking it down. And then, you're going to love this, he was on stage at Glastonbury making a surprise cameo with Miley Cyrus and he said, People were waving their pride flags and it was just so much excitement and I was like, oh, my God, this is it. And he made the decision on stage facing Miley Cyrus, (gasps) closeted, to come out publicly and he did shortly Uh, after.
0: Very similar to my coming out. No, well,
1: in
0: some ways you are very Miley Cyrus-esque as we've long discussed. (laughs) I love that. You're correct. I do love that story. I absolutely love it. Isn't it?
1: Oh, it just, I and love it so been much. Double
0: down. Since oh, that's,
1: <laughs> yes, that's what I love. It's like, if we're going to go gay, we're going to go all the way. Like, this is what I love. And so he he's just, he said he made that conscious decision. He noticed when other artists came out that, that they then became this sanitized, safe, heteronormative gay, you know, something that everyone felt comfortable with. And he decided that if he was going to come out, he was going to put his sexuality in the foreground. That was it. Mm. He was not going to, like, he's, he may as well not come out. If he's gonna come out and then just basically go back in again, and be a, a safe version of, of a sanitised gay man, so he did deliberately double down, and I just I am so in awe of the way he is able to kind of manipulate the online commentary that around him and the way he's able to control it. It's a it's a dream for people who have ever cop shit online watching him take people on and usually win them over or just make them look like idiots is, like, it's, it's, it's oh. a beautiful
0: skill. And he's hit a point where he's so smart and delightful all the time that if I see anything about him, I click on it, and I'm never disappointed, never. No. The, the, did you see his little promo film that he made just to announce that the album was coming out and it's him pregnant? Yeah. Being wheeled into a labor ward, and he does this yep. whole pregnancy scene, and then finally gives birth to a perfect, pristine album, and it was just so yeah. funny and surreal and odd mm. and queer and 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 just delightful, just completely delightful. Okay. One, two,
2: three, push! <sighs> my, it's my,
0: beautiful, God. it's
2: beautiful, it's beautiful. Congratulations! Oh, thank you, Congrats.
1: thank you. Uh,
2: Sorry to Grammy number
1: That That whole campaign, it, like, the it took nine months to make the album, which is why he's like he's gr- the baby reference. And he dropped Call Me By Your Name, obviously, in March, which we detailed extensively in an episode of this podcast with the Devil Stripper film clip. Mm-hmm. Call me when you
2: want, call me when you want.
1: And then at the same time as the video, as the song coming out, the video came out and then you'll recall the blood, limited edition blood Satan sneakers. I do recall. That came out as well. Like this this kind of stuff, it's a marketing genius.
0: And then the performances on the awards shows. Yes. Where it was pashing the dudes, which hardly ever happens.
1: It's amazing. And Elton John loves him. He's like, Elton's on the album, you guys. And Elton is just, I've, it must be it must be rewarding for Elton to see a young gay musician be so accepted and loves. Like he, he must just, I mean, it would hurt a little bit too, but I think also he must just feel like, oh, we, we, we have moved forward we'll as travel, a society. Yeah,
0: I'm happy that he it's gets just, to see it. But also me the too. latest, the, that's what I want video clip. By the way, that's what I want is the song that sounds the most sort of almost like a Kelly Clarkson poppy mm. banger or even Katy Perry. It, it's its mm. almost drifting into that territory. I But that, he's gone with that one for the sort of like, it's it's kind of like a Brokeback Mountain kind of thing. He's a footballer all in pink and he has this wild hot affair with another footballer, then goes home, Mm. finds out he's got a wife and kids and there's a lot of Brokeback Mountain references. And basically Mm. I was eating all of that up, completely done. But then the climax of the video clip is him... (laughs) Saying he doesn't want to be lonely anymore and he rocks up at a church in this sort of wild bridal <laughs> dress, walks down the aisle by himself. Billy Porter is the priest. <laughs> and then gives him a guitar because he's not getting mm. married to anyone. He was just getting married to himself. And then he turns around and does a Tear Street guitar solo in this ridiculous wedding dress that kind of remind me of elements of the November Rain video clip. Yes, just, yep, the
1: mullet it, dress, the mullet dress. Yep, yep, yeah,
0: yeah, yep, yep. yeah, totally. I mean, That's the kind of, that's what he's serving every video. The video before this, Industry Baby, had a whole dance routine in the the shower with about a dozen naked men. Pixelated bits.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's so unashamedly himself and he's rewarded for it. And that that is the exciting thing. That is the thing that he he has and I think that he's he's usurped Kanye. I think Kanye so desperately wants to be new and fresh and, and br- breaking boundaries and doing things no one's done and I think Kanye somehow like he's eaten his own tail and he's just disappeared into himself and Lil Nas X is doing what I think Kanye would love to do is just be totally free to be himself and not give a fuck what people think and it's just, it's, I can't tell you, I mean, the album for me, it—I probably wouldn't choose to listen to it. I'm—I don't know. I, maybe I'm too old. It's great. No, but also you—you—you
0: you, you love it. I mean, ultimately. You I listen to soul music. Yeah. yeah, and you love a you love an amazing voice. And I think yeah. as much as we all think he's a genius, he's clearly not an amazing singer. And and no. and um, but it doesn't really matter for what nah, the songs matter. that he's doing. But no, it's just he's not would be package. your first choice.
1: No, he's like the new age Madonna. He, you know, he he's the whole. He's he's a brand. Mm. He is a and he's covering all platforms. There's nothing he doesn't do, and it's great. So, anyway. And still only 22. And the bit that just Twenty-two. blows my mind <laughs> is that I, I just can't imagine,
0: firstly, the overwhelming pressure to follow up that hit song, the original one, Old Town Road, the overwhelming yeah. pressure to be the son of a preacher having to come mm. out, having to do it mm. publicly, to mm. do all of that, to cope with all of that, mm-hmm. a, a, and then still come out with this amazing album and 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 hold your sanity together is just, I don't know how he's done it, and I hope he's okay. I mean, he looks okay. And he, and he is that brilliant mix of being seemingly completely uninhibited in himself but also really smartly self-aware. and So just- self-aware.
1: Yeah, the album is that. The album, so many rappers put things out that make them seem like they're completely detached from reality, you know. But mm. this album, a lot of the lyrics are very self-aware. And, yeah, and he's done it in three years, Michael, like from paying 50 bucks in a recording studio from a, a YouTube thing he's paid a bit of money for, it. like nothing, like just your licence tracks for like $2.99. And he wrote some cowboy lyrics just because he saw some memes. That was three years ago, and now That's so wild. It's what? What a wild story! And I and the, the the little spice of realizing on stage with Miley Cyrus when you're closeted that you need to come out. I mean, come on! <laughs> come on! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, I think we've covered. It was. It wasn't too dick heavy. I mean, I thought it I thought it would be more, but it's not too bad actually. I thought there'd be well, we did well. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like you're
0: quite looking for some sort of applause for that. Well done.
1: <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll be um there's gonna be two episodes next week. We're gonna be Have popping you got out some at... sort
0: of special guest or something, Em.
1: No, no, oh. no. Just just thought we should maybe pop out two eps next week. Like we might I think one might come out on maybe Tuesday night, late. And one will come out on Thursday as usual. I just like it's good for the downloads to pop out two apps a week. So um everyone can, <laughs> look forward to that. Why are you laughing? Nothing. Are you laughing? No. It's good for our downloads. No, ads. I love
0: that it wasn't kind of like it's just the creative challenge I want to read for. It's good for the downloads. No, nah, yeah. it's good for our downloads. No, say no more. Say no more. Yeah, we need
1: to we need to go up the charts. So yep, look forward to two apps of uh insulation next week. All right, off you go. By the time next time we speak, you'll be finished.
0: No, because if it's Tuesday, I won't we we finish on uh, Wednesday and I'm I'm just absolutely
1: woo. Don't don't worry, we'll be recording before then. Yeah, it's talk. all right. Yeah. All, yeah. Good. all right, talk soon. Bye. Bye.
2: This is Insulation.
1: Well, thank you. That's it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast that was called this week in an article. Um, Not for the faint-hearted and ferociously confessional. I don't know. I just feel like, first of all, I have no tolerance for criticism of this podcast. You're all perfect. All of you. We're perfect. This whole thing is my dream job. I do enough self-reflection and self-flagellation. I don't want it. I don't invite it. <laughs> but I think we are for the faint-hearted. I think if you have a faint heart, you would listen to Michael and I and feel warm-hearted after that. You would no longer have the faint heart. You would, you would feel like your two slightly inappropriate, pop culture-obsessed, intelligent aunties had had an afternoon with you. You know? I think we are for everyone. Everyone. Can you tell? i got to be in my bonnet about that. Hey, don't forget to be following us on Instagram at emsalationpodcast. My eldest child runs that account and she does such a beautiful job every week. It's themed for the episode. She puts half a day into it. It's a lot. And also we send out a wonderful newsletter on Thursdays, if you'd like that, from Ben. It has film and TV recommendations, all the things we've spoken about. You know, we talk about little Nas X videos. Ben will link you to them in the email. Like, it, it just brings it to life. It gives you a visual, if you will. And the m merch... Mraciano.com, T-shirts, hoodies, totes, they're all online, all available to you. Every time you guys purchase one, a little independent lady here does a happy dance and I put the money back into the podcast. Every single cent goes back into the podcast. And uh, also, you're walking billboards. You're out there and someone's like, hey, I love your T-shirt. Tell me about this fancy unicorn and seahorse. And you're like, well, I'm about to change your life. I know a lot of you are new here this week because I've been telling you, go listen to a podcast. Just give it a try. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. It's free. You get to hang out with me and Michael once a week. A lot of people have gone, yeah, I don't know why I've been denying myself the podcast. (sighs) I'm going to exhale. I spoke all that very quickly. All right, two apps next week. Don't forget, Tuesday night and Thursday. Just thought, you know, you guys would end it. No other reason. There's to be no speculation, although I'm sure there will be. But make sure if you're speculating about me, you hashtag EmRusciano, you at me, because all that stuff makes me look good. I want you to. This is your official unleash hell. This is me as Maximus, Spartacus, whatever Russell Crowe played in The Gladiator looking you all in the eye and saying, I know, unleash hell. Go and get my name out there. Only helpful. (laughs) Have a great weekend. By M
2: Msulation with M. Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast. Hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M. Rossiano. Edited by Ezekiel Fan at Entente Music. With videos by Liam O'Brien socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jem Evans and Georgia Watts. Plus occasional technical wizardry, wine, and coffee. From From M's dad, Vinci, get more M-Solation by following the M-Solation podcast on Instagram, where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can join other M-Solators at the M-Solation group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you love what we do, share this podcast with a friend and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app. Thanks for taking time out to listen to this week's episode, and we look forward to chatting with you again soon.